Good morning, Vineyard. Happy New Year, everybody. Twenty twenty four is upon us. Looking for amazing things to happen this year. But as we gather today, today is an amazing day. Right? Anytime we get together corporately, I think is amazing. Right? Because who knows what God's plan is for today? Who knows why He brings people who you know He brings here? Um, so I just I, I I love the corporate meeting because it's all of our hearts gathered. We come just bringing what we can bring, and God does the rest. Amen. 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 Say good morning to your neighbor. And as we start the year off, we're all going to turn around and say good morning to Roland Bishop. He's on the back there. Yep. He loves to be the center of attention, so I figured I'd start it off well. And then, appreciate you, brother. And then say good morning to our online people. Good morning. This camera. Hi. They can't see that. I know. Everybody's waving at the back of the camera like... Okay. Although, if you didn't notice, we have a third camera now. It's the spy camera. It gets a big shot of the church from behind. So, yeah. Now they see the back of your heads. It's all good. It's all good. Well, we're going to start the new year off with some uh, some music. We're going to lift our voices, ask the Father to to just um, open our ears. Open our eyes, open our minds to see just what he'd have for us today. It's kind of the newness of the years. We've gone through the first week. We're in anticipation of what God is about to do, not only today, but as we look at this year. So, Father, we ask and we just say, come, Holy Spirit, come and be with us. Work in the midst of our hearts. Lord, we know what we've brought today. We know the unspoken things that we're carrying. Uh, Lord, help us to, to figure out whether those are the things we need to carry or that you're taking them from us and don't want us to take them back. Give us an excitement about this upcoming year. Give us an excitement about not only our individual paths and our individual walks, what you're about to do, but what you're calling this community to do. We can look ahead and say words like uh, Christmas for kids and continuation in the food pantry, the food outreach we have, and the harvest party, the harvest festival, and our outdoor worship services. But Lord, what would you have that's maybe new for us or different for us this year? So we just sit, we open our minds to anticipate that. So thank you for this time. Be with the Paulsons as they're still just in the midst of, of being with family, walking through some, some challenging time with some deaths in Teresa's family. But let them feel the love from this place as we just keep, continue to think about them in their journey up in Minnesota, and we thank you, Jesus, and we ask this in your name. Amen.
Amen. So if you feel like standing, you can get to your feet. We, again, we're going to do a few songs, but let it not just be about the words or the, the lyrics we sing or the melody, but come Holy Spirit and just work in our hearts. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawn. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, may we be singing till the evening comes. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I will worship Your the Lord. And bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I will worship Your holy name. Bless the Lord of my soul. 
Time sing like never before. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I will worship your holy name. Your praise will ever be on my lips, 
ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips. You will be praised. You will be praised. You will be praised. With angels and saints we sing worthy are you, Lord. You will be praised. You will be praised. With angels and saints we sing worthy such powerful words in this song. I know we, we sing it, but it always stands out to me when we get to the end of that one verse. It says, beauty from ashes, and you will have your bride free from all her guilt and rid rid of all her shame. And then it said, known by your true name. That's, that's the gift. You will have your bride. 
We are his bride. Free of all the guilt and the shame. And we're known by our true name. Amen. Amen. Great, for me, great, great theology. What heaven in this life but the love in your eyes this empty world will one day fade Only your truth will remain. Jesus, all I have is you. You're the hope I'm holding to. I might weep, but still my faith rests in you. As the heavens hold the sky, it's your hand that holds my life, and your love will lead me on when all else is gone. What have I in this life? But the love in your eyes, in your eyes, this empty world will one day fade away. Only your truth will Heavens hold the sky 
just so thankful for this time in music. As we continue to worship, we're going to take our offering right now. We're going to start in the back. We're going to move forward. And it's our time to continue to worship and thank God for all he has done this week in our lives.
as the heavens hold the sky. It's your hand that holds my life, and your love will lead me on when all else is gone. As we just think about what we talked about earlier, Lord, the freshness of a new year, the amazing opportunity and thought of what is to happen or what could this year be. We just thank you for this offering this morning and those who who give and they give to uh, the kingdom. And we want to see your kingdom come and your will be done. So help us be amazing stewards with all that is given. And we ask that this be used for the furtherment of the kingdom both here and outside these walls. We want people to meet you, Jesus, and we want people to know you. And we thank you. You give us the means to do that. We ask this and pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jim and Kaylee, for leading us in worship. As always, a blessing. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're excited. The first Sunday in January 2024. Wow. Welcome, everyone that's online with us. We're glad you've come to join us also, and you will be blessed for sure. Stay here. Today we are kicking off a new sermon series, Blessing of a Faithful God. And Pastor Scott will be doing the message from the series. It's called Great Fall, Great is three, so it's always a blessing to have Pastor Scott share, and again, he's here because the Paulsons are still in Minnesota after uh, losing uh, Teresa's aunt and her brother, so again, you can pray for those to have a safe recovery return, and uh, they should be back here for next week. Speaking of back, it's back, it's back, it's back, it's back, it's back, the Food Resource Center is back, so we, it's back, yeah. It's not even front, it's back. <laughs> and we need help, as always, on Monday from 4.30 to 6 to pack boxes. And then on Tuesday, at, uh, we need beginning at 11 a.m. to set up, 3 to distribute, and at 6 to clean up. So start the new year right, helping out with an awesome, awesome ministry that we bless so many in the community. We're excited to announce our first drive-up pancake breakfast fundraiser for our outreach ministries. That's coming up on January 20th from 9 to 11. Two pancakes, two sausages, eggs. Donations are accepted. It helps. Let them know you're coming. Make a reservation so we know how much to make. So please come again, and we need help setting up from 11, 10 to 11 a.m. on Friday. Uh, that would be a big help. And again, you can talk to Melinda about that. 
Uh, later on Saturday, January 20th, after the breakfast, they're going to take down the Christmas decorations. So those that have spent their time so beautifully to direct, decorate it for us, it's time to sadly put it away for another year. But we need some help doing that, so please come and help. Also, 2024, we're looking for a volunteer in the office for four hours a week, uh, phone, mail, and computer work. Call the church office or talk to Denise or Melinda for an interview. So, again, another way to, to serve. And with that, uh, Pastor Scott will be up with a great fall, but a great recovery. Good morning, and Happy New Year. I hope your year is starting off better than Alaska Airlines. Uh, Alaska Airlines had a brand new plane just put into service in November, um, and this weekend, as they were at about 16,000 feet, the window blew out of the one, uh, one of the windows blew out of the plane. Um, which, of course, depressurized everything. They had to immediately drop down to 10,000 feet and then start a return. Uh, the worst thing that happened was, air, was cell phones went out the window. <clears throat> but, no, but no people, which surprises me, because if that cell phone's going, <laughs> the temptation is that, wait a minute. Um, but fortunately, no one was hurt. And I hope your new year is starting off in a wonderful way. But what I am sure of is that your new year is starting off with God. And God is with you every moment of every day. And that is a wonderful thing. We've heard this morning that we can bless the Lord, O, o my soul. Um, your praise will ever be on my lips. And Jesus, all I have is you. And uh, all of that is good news. And uh, we are starting a series today about good news. Actually, blessings of a faithful God. How many of you know that God is faithful? Is God more faithful than you? Yes, yes He is. Uh, and that's good. I would not want God, a God who is only as faithful as I have been in my life. Um, so, let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll uh, talk more about this faithful God. Gracious God, we do thank you for this new year um, and every year that we've lived has been a gift to us from you. Every year we've received blessings from you and we've received encouragement and help in times of trouble and uh, we have a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And we have a God who never, never gives up on us. So we thank you for all of that and that you are indeed a faithful God. And as we think this morning about some of the blessings that come to us from you, uh, we give you thanks and ask your blessing on us even now as we think on these things. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Blessings of a faithful God, and the title of this sermon is Great Fall, Greater Recovery. So, I want to talk this morning about all of that, but I also want to share something personal this morning, and that is my daughter, Corey, Corey Elizabeth. Corey's named after Corey Tenboom. Uh, she's a wonderful young lady. She's in her mid-40s. And uh, she is unmarried, but she has cats. And uh, these are Corey's cats. Griffin on that side, Corey and George in the middle, and George on the, on the right side. And uh, just keep them in mind, because I'm going to talk about them later. Uh, but my wonderful daughter and her two wonderful cats, she would say, wonderful cats. Um, All right, well, when we came up with the sermon series, and Jackie and I and and Brent uh, get together uh, from time to time and kind of plan out the the sermons, and we came up with this idea of uh, blessings of a faithful God, and... uh, we started thinking about scriptures which talk about the, the faithfulness of God, and, and there's some wonderful ones coming up. But I got the one about the fall. <laughs> Genesis chapter 3. Um, if you have an NIV Bible, and I'm sure many other Bibles follow this pattern, uh, they will give a, a, a title uh, to the chapter or to the sections of, of a chapter. And the title in the NIV Bible for Genesis chapter 3 is The Fall. That's it. Uh, it doesn't say anything, but wait, there's, there, there's good news. It just says The Fall. And we're going to talk more about this in a little while. But I do want to lift up one verse. It's right in the middle of the chapter. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And this is, God has already spoken to Adam and Eve, and now he's speaking to the serpent. And and we'll kind of come back to that, to to all of that in a little bit. But here's the the text for today. I had a, a seminary professor one time. It was my first English Bible class, and it was on uh, the Pentateuch. Um, which is the first five books of the Bible. And uh, I went in there and and he said, we're going to talk about one verse today. And he proceeded to talk about Genesis 12, where God calls Abram, and then it says, and Abram went. And he talked about what, what happened, what was going on in between God's call, and when Abram went. And he spoke for an hour and a half, and it blew my mind. Um, so we're going to try, I'm not, I, I don't think I'll blow anyone's mind today, but we're going to talk about one verse today. And I will put, God says to Satan, or to the serpent, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. 
That's it. So here's my plan today. We're going to talk about Genesis 3.15 for a while and uh, some of the things that we can learn from it. And then we're going to talk about a great fall and a greater recovery. And then we're going to do, yeah, but so what? That's what the YBSW means. If you're, if you're new here and you're saying, why be, why, what, what, what does that say? What stands for yeah, but so what? Uh, which I think is an appropriate question to ask after any sermon that you've ever listened to. Somewhere you should say, yeah, but so what? Uh, what am I learning from this? What, what is God teaching me from this? And then after, yeah, but so what, I'm going to tell you about Corey's cats. Um, and, uh, and then we're going to finish up with a quote from the Reverend Phillips Brooks, who lived in the 19th century from, I think, 1835 to about 19, uh, 1892, somewhere around there. Does anyone know what great Christmas song Phillips Brooks wrote? He was a, he was a great preacher, and he was a great pastor. But he's also he's probably best known because he wrote a famous Christmas song. Jim, do you know? You know that that was right. That that was second. Yeah, uh, um, he wrote, "O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie." Phillips Brooks. And so we're going to end up with a quote from him, not about a little town of Bethlehem, but about this, uh, this verse. So, good news, looking for the blessings of a faithful God in the midst of a chapter on the fall of humankind. Well, in the midst of Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, there is what's in theological terms, is called the Proto-Euangelion. And I've seen it spelled lots of different ways. Um, that's one of them. Um, proto means first. And, and Gelion is uh, the, the, the word that we get good news from, or gospel. So this is sometimes referred to as the first good news that we find in the Bible. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And so we're going to, uh, I ran across an article uh, by Derek Thomas uh, about the Proto-Euangelion, uh, Genesis 3:15, And I'm going to uh, lift up several um, quotes from him, and we're going to talk about those. Uh, but the first is this. He says this, establishes a principle that runs throughout the Old Testament, creating an expectation of a Redeemer who would be a descendant or a seed of Adam and Eve. Do we ever see anything more about that? Absolutely. Um, when, when God calls Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he makes two promises to Abraham. Abram, whose name gets changed to Abraham, he says, I'm going to make of you a great nation. And it's going to start with your child, the seed of Abraham. And I'm going to give you a land. 
which is still under contention today, unfortunately. This establishes the principle that runs throughout the whole Old Testament, creating an expectation of a Redeemer who would be a descendant of Adam and Eve. Um, Did God hold true on that? Was he faithful on that? Yes, he was. Uh, The second thing Derek Thomas says about this is that he said, this establishes the parameters or the boundaries by which God will redeem his people from their sins. He does not destroy them and start over. Which would have been, uh, how many of you have ever worked with clay? Have you ever started making something? How many of you ever, as you're working on clay, you said, ah, you just throw it down on the table and, and you, you can roll it into a ball and start over again? You know? That's the natural thing. And why wouldn't God do that? He could have. What's that? He did, yeah. He does not destroy them and start over. Rather, the promise of a Savior who will restore them at great cost. And ultimately, we know what that great cost was. His Son, the Son of God, God Himself on the cross. This establishes the parameters. God says, okay, I'm going to work with what I've, what I've already made. And, and it's going to be a long process. But trust me, and I will be faithful. And I will bring a Savior. Derek Thomas says the third thing that we learn from this verse is that this establishes an explanation for the disorder of the world. And that is that Satan is at work. While Satan is not mentioned, only the serpent, elsewhere in Scripture that relationship is revealed. And it's revealed that Satan is both a murderer and a liar. Um, regardless, how many of you remember Flip Wilson? The devil made me do it. Uh, he, he, he had a persona. Um, Geraldine. Is that what it was? Yes, and Geraldine, my mother's name was Geraldine. Um, but he, he, he talked about uh, Geraldine's getting in, in, in trouble with her husband because uh, she spent too much money or something. And, and uh, she says, the devil made me do it. Um, well, Satan is both a murderer and a liar, and he's been making people do things ever since, ever since this day ever since the fall um, how does he do that uh, how, how, how can people who know what's right end up doing what's wrong how did Scott Purdom who knew what was right, end up doing what was wrong. Because evil is strong. Temptation is strong. Sin is strong. 
And we are weak, and we need God's help every single day. But in the meantime, Satan is perfectly happy to go about tempting and lying and stealing and destroying. And he's been doing it ever since. Derek Thomas says, this verse, and we're going to talk more about exactly what he says, what's said in this verse. This establishes the principle of the victory of the kingdom of God over the kingdom of darkness from the beginning. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Matthew 16, 18. And here, God says to, to Satan, to the serpent, a.k.a. Satan, and I will put enmity or strife between you and the woman and between your offspring and her uh, your offspring and hers and you will strike his heel I, I skipped part of the verse I know that you will strike his heel Satan is going to uh, is, is going to make life uncomfortable and awful for us if he can. Um, I have that, that, that thing in my foot that every once in a while I have to get a, a, a shot in my foot because uh, I forget, my, my strike, stroke brain won't tell me what it is right now. Uh, what? Planter's fasciitis. Yes, that's it. Um, I knew I could say it and somebody else would have had it. Um, but, but yeah, you know, I, every once in a while I have to get a, a, a shot in my left heel. Uh, and he does make, and, and it hurts. Uh, well, the shot feels great, and then my foot feels better after that. But a pain in the heel is a pain in the butt, so to speak. Um, but he will strike your heel. Satan has made life awful for as many people as he possibly can. But there will come a day when he, that is the offspring of Adam and Eve, a.k.a. the Savior who comes into the world as a baby and dies on the cross and is raised again, there will come a day when he will strike the head, he will crush your head, Satan, and your days are numbered. He will crush your, you will strike his heel, which is going to make life uncomfortable and hard and all of that, but there will come a day when he will strike, when he will crush your head and it will be over. And John says in Revelation, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old had passed away. And one of the things that passes away in that, in that glorious picture is Satan, his head has been crushed. Christian discipleship, Derek Thomas says, is to be worked out within the context 
of the assurance of victory rather than the prospect of defeat. So every day, as you live out your Christian life, you don't have to give in to the temptations that are before you because we live within the context of the assurance of victory. We know that the, you know, regardless of the battles that still have to be fought, we know how the war is going to end. The battles all around us are all around us, but the war has already been won. And that's good news because we serve a faithful God. And so let's go back just a, a little bit. Adam and Eve were, in, were living in paradise. We, we, we cannot even imagine um, what it would have been like. Daily walking with each other and with, and with God in the beautiful, perfect world that, that God had created. Live out your, live here in, in forever. And it's going to be wonderful. And we're going to have such a great relationship. You can do anything you want. You can have anything you want. You can live it up. Just one thing. I want to keep your life pure. And so I don't want you to know about evil. And so don't eat from the one tree, commonly referred to as an apple. I gave apple. Apple's a bad name, I know. Just don't do that one thing, but everything else is yours. Everything else is, is, is fair game. It's, and, and you're living in paradise. Exactly as, as I created it, exactly as I wanted it, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the, the Lord God had made. And he could talk. I'm reading from Genesis chapter 3. I, I don't have it on the screen, so, uh, but trust me, this is what it says. He, that is the serpent, he said to the woman, did God really say... You must not eat from any tree in the garden. Now, did God really say that? No. God said you can't eat from one tree. Everything else is, is, is yours for the taking. But the serpent, a.k.a. Satan, twists God's words and twists our minds he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit of the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. So she, she was listening and she, she quotes back what God said in verse 4. You will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, now was that true? No, that was a lie. That was a lie. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from, 
Eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil, and God will be jealous of you. And that, I added that last bit. That's not in there. But that's, uh, that, that's what he's saying. God just doesn't want, God doesn't want the best for you. God doesn't want you to know everything, which was true. God didn't want them to know about evil. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. You, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open, you will be like God, knowing good and evil, and that God doesn't want that, which was true, but it, it was true for the best reason, not the worst reason. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. It's like the fish in the, in the lake and sees the, the worm on the hook. Mmm. When she saw these things, and it was also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Now, that verse, but the Lord God called to the man, or called to them, where are you? That's a statement about God's grace. Because at that point, God could have just thrown the clay down and said, let's start over again. They had already sinned. And Adam answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God said, and who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, the woman did it. (laughs) No, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Poor me. It wasn't my fault, it was her fault. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, it wasn't my fault, he did it. The serpent deceived me and I ate, which was true. The serpent deceived her and she ate, which was true. She gave it to him and he ate. Doesn't matter. Sin had entered in. And so God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Enmity between you and the woman. 
between your offspring and hers. Bruised head, crushed heel, or crushed heel, no, bruised heel, crushed head. You know what it is. Um, And God says, ultimately, there's been a great fall, but there's going to be a greater recovery at a great cost, and I'm going to pay the cost. So, yeah, but so what? There was a great fall. And great falls continue to happen, and they come in all shapes and sizes. And whenever I say great fall, I suspect that there are events in your life that you immediately go back to and say, oh, if only this hadn't happened. If only I hadn't done this. If only that series of events hadn't happened. But you can't go back and undo that which has been done. Great falls come in all shapes and sizes and no one is immune from them. Great fall comes at the worst time it could possibly come. How do I know that? Because I do. And I suspect many of you do too. And sometimes great falls seems like they are completely unrecoverable. But God. Two of the best words in the human language are, but God. I've messed up. You've messed up. We've all messed up. There's been a great fall. And what all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't do for Humpty Dumpty, God does for us. He puts us back together. Which brings me back to George and Griffin and Corey's cats. Um, There's George. Now, Griffin is fine. Uh, Griffin is the older of the two cats. They both came from shelters. Um, you know, she, she went to the shelter. She'd pick out a cat. She picked out Griffin first, and Griffin was a great little cat. Um, she paid her 30 bucks for whatever it was at the, at the uh, shelter, and she took him home, and he's just been a nice cat all the way along. So she's had... Griffin for about a, a year or so, and Corey thought Griffin needed a partner, and so she went and got George. And there's George, and uh, together those two cats weigh about 40 pounds, and George accounts for about two thirds of that. Uh, he's a big old boy. But when George was a little cat, and just a, maybe two months old or so, maybe three, 
he fell off the ironing board. Now, now, you know, cats are always supposed to land on their feet. And something, I don't know what was going on in George's head. Maybe there's something defective there. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, But George fell and broke his leg. And it wasn't the bottom part of the leg. If that had been the bottom part of the leg, they would have put a splint on it. And, you know, a few hundred dollars later, and George would be fine. But George broke the upper part of his leg. And there's a picture here. See the middle? That back part has all been shaved off, and there's a big, long scar. He had to have surgery. They had to go in there and repair the break. And it was $6,000. And I told Corey, I said, Cat, I said, Corey, no one's going to say, no one's going to fault you for saying, bye, George. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I probably would have said, bye, George. Uh, it's a cat. But it was her cat that she had already grown to love. And so she bit the bullet. And $6,000 later... Uh, George and Griffin, you know, cuddle up next to her and keep her company, and she is she has never regretted. Um, there was a great fall. There was a greater recovery, but it was costly, and that's what God di- that's what God did, isn't it? You and I fell. And God's, you know, boy, it's going to cost a lot. Do I really want it? Yes, I do. And at great cost to God, we've been restored. And that's good news. The blessings of a faithful God. Phillips Brooks, the great preacher of the 19th century, and and he had people, you know, crowds in the thousands would come to listen to him. He was a great preacher. But this is what he said one time. He said, if we are saved by Christ, it will be into the life of Christ that we are saved, into the inextinguishable hope and into the watchful fear together. Not intoxicated by hope and not discouraged by the fear, we shall go on our way expecting both parts of the old prophecy. And the old prophecy is enmity, strife, uh, bruised heel, crushed head. So this is, he's writing this about this verse. We shall go on our way expecting both parts of the old prophecy to be fulfilled in us as they were fulfilled in him. Expecting to be stung and bruised by the serpent. But sure, ultimately, if we let, if we let God give us the strength to set the bruised and stung heel on the serpent's head. 
that life, may we all have the grace to live. And that was from a sermon called The Giant with the Wounded Heel. Well, we're at the beginning of a new year, and uh, some of us have already messed up. It's just the way the life goes. Satan is, is still strong. He still lies. He still leads us down terrible paths. But we serve a God who wants to restore us. He's already paid the price. And he says, come. He'll forgive us. He'll restore us. And ultimately, we'll be made new. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the former had passed away. Good news. Available to you. And available to me. And that's the invitation of, the, of this new year. Jesus says, Come. Be forgiven, be restored. Great fall, greater recovery. Let's pray together. Almighty and gracious God, we, every one of us, has knows the truth of this verse about the great fall because we've experienced it and we've done it and we've done it over and over again. But we believe that what you started in the garden with the promise made that he would come, that our Savior would come and crush Satan's head, that that's true. And that means that we can be restored and forgiven and, and be part of the family of God. And so, Lord, we ask that on this new year, this first Sunday of the new year, we would all just stop and take stock of where we are and see if we need to um, come to you again and be restored. We love you and we praise you. Help us, Lord, to live out lives that are pleasing to you and to receive your forgiveness and your grace and live out our lives as people of God. This is our prayer and our hope for the new year. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the end of the service. Uh, we always have time for prayer here uh, at the front of the church. If you'd like to come up and pray for anything, uh, we invite you to do that. There'll be myself and, and other leaders from the church available to pray with you. May God bless you. Happy New Year. Stay away from the windows in Anchorage Air. And uh, blessings on you all. Amen. <laughs>